Father, we just come to you this morning. We just thank you. We just praise you, Father, for one more day. Every day, Lord, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We commit ourselves into thy hands and all your children, Lord, at home, in Hyderabad, other parts of India, around the world, wherever your children are gathered or will be listening later. The word of God is living. The anointing always flows. Neither time nor space can stop it. And I pray people will just believe. We commit everyone, Lord, who's not well. Continue to speak healing into their bodies. Everyone who is troubled, continue to speak peace and rest. Everyone who has walked away from you, we continue to pray they will turn back to the author of their faith, the shepherd of their souls, and all our unloved, unsaved loved ones. We pray the scales will fall off their eyes, Lord. They might behold your beauty. Now speak to us, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. For second Saturday, fifth month, we turn this uh, morning to Luke chapter 5 and verses 12 to 15. Luke 5, verses 12 to 15. And it happened when he was in a certain city that behold a man who was full of leprosy. Sad, no? It's not. It was a leper full of leprosy. So Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. He charged him to tell no one, But go show yourself to the priest, make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him, all more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now you may be thinking today's message is about the the, the leper, (laughs) about the willingness of Jesus, about cleansing. It's about none of those things. It's about the last verse we read. The report went around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. First question I ask you today, everyone, very few here, but everyone everywhere. What are you expecting today? What are your expectations? Because very rarely does a man or woman rise above their expectations. The promises of God are just what they are. They are the promises of God. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 says, We have this by which we have been given to us. <clears throat> 
exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. What does it say? It says these promises of God are so powerful that we can actually partake of the very nature of God. That's how powerful these promises are. And the Bible says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, <clears throat> For all the promises of God, not some, all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. The promises are for us. The promises are not for God. God doesn't need promises. The promises are for us. Through this exceedingly precious promises, we can partake of the very divine nature of God. And all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in him is amen. What? So that can God can be glorified through us. <clears throat> so it doesn't matter how many promises are there. How difficult the promises look. How impossible the promises look. At the end of it, God says yes. And he says, Amen. So if you go back to Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. The report went around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came. They came together. What did they come? To hear. To hear and to be healed. Our issue is that we come to hear. We do not come to be healed. So I said you can never rise above your expectations. All around the world, people come into churches to hear, but they do not come to be healed. They do not come to be delivered. They do not come to be set free. They do not come to receive his life. They do not come to move into the supernatural because they come to hear, which is a good thing. The Bible says they came to hear and to be healed. So I said you can never Rise above your expectations. You can never rise above your expectations. In Matthew 2, verses 1 to 4. <clears throat> now after Jesus was born in the Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. They all said, Bethlehem. The scribes knew. The priests knew. Now Herod knows. All of Jerusalem knows. But nobody is expecting anything. Nobody is expecting anything except the wise men. It's not that they did not hear. It is not that they did not know. They knew. They heard. Nobody expecting anything. Do you know that you can know something? You can actually believe in it and know all the facts about it and expect nothing. The Magi had expectations. And that's why they traveled. And when they came to Jerusalem, this their journey and their words were according to their expectation. That's why they ask in words too, where is he? Where is he? Who has been born king of Jews? It is the expectation 
that leads to the supernatural. God has invited us to not to an ordinary life. God has invited us to his life. God has not invited us to a human nature. He has invited us to a divine nature. See, we come to church and we should come. Or we come for online Bible study. Whatever, we come and we learn. We learn doctrines. We should be doctrinally sound. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Fantastic. But our precepts and our doctrines can be either a prison house or it can be a pathway to the divine nature. So we need to ask ourselves. We know so much because we have heard so much. Every church, we know so much. But the question is, did we come only to hear? The Bible says the crowds came together to hear and to be healed. So they had an expectation. They had an expectation. In Psalm 107 and verse 20, the word of God says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Okay. Now, it doesn't say he sent his prophet. It's a he sent his word. So the question is, when we are reading the same word, do we just read? Do we just hear? Or do we have an expectation, I will be delivered? Like this morning, whenever we woke up, when we read our word, did we have an expectation? The word is living. It works. So we approach the word with expectation. That's what God is talking about. You know, otherwise our very doctrine, our very precepts. You see, if you look at um, Jesus going to these uh, synagogues, especially on Sabbath, Saturdays, and those guys would be there, the Sadducees and all would be there in the, this thing. They have no more doubts, he does healings. He know, they know this guy heals. But they are always watching, will he heal on Sabbath? Because that doesn't fit in with their doctrine. So their very doctrine with their precept has become their prison house. See, the Sadducees had more expectation he would do miracles than sometimes that the people who needed it. But they wouldn't receive it. Because it didn't fit in with their precepts. Okay. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 12, When Jesus came to this person, a man full of leprosy, he fell on his face and implored him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. If you look at it, he does not doubt the power of God. He does not doubt the power of God. He's only doubtful. Are you willing to heal a leper or not? Okay. He does not doubt the power of God. Are you willing to heal a leper or not? Yet when he came there, he came there with expectation. I know you can heal. I have no doubts about it. Like this is the, the, in the, that age, this is worse than COVID-19. This is the worst. Incurable. Incurable. In their entire history, only one Syrian has been healed. 
There is no record in scripture any leper being healed. Incurable. But he has come with expectation. If you are willing. Look at that. He's, he's just not coming. He's coming with expectation. If you're willing, and Jesus says, I am willing. I mean, God can rise. He rises usually only to the level of our expectation. When we don't have expectations, like this, all these promises in the Bible should bring expectation in us. Because the Bible says not some or few. It says all the promises of God are yes, and amen in Christ Jesus. All the promises of God. Every one of them. In Mark chapter 5, verses 27 to 28, 27 and 28. When she heard about Jesus, she came, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For he said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Why is she on all fours? Why is she crushing through the crowd? Why is she touching the hem of his robe? Because she has an expectation. You see, you can have faith without expectation. These are not people with great faith. These are people who are expecting something. If only I may touch the hem of his robe. That's why it says they came to hear and to be healed. No, We come to hear. It's good we should hear. But the question is, when we come, each time to come, each time we read, each time we pray, do we come to hear alone or do we come to be healed? Like I said, the promises of God are full of power. It is the power of God. It is the power of God. Because it is the very, it, it, in it is the very divine nature of God Himself. But the issue is here. The fulfillment of those promises is not in God's hands most of the time. It's in our hands. It's in our hands. If you look at the miracles of Jesus Christ, it's very rarely that he has just ignored everything and done something for somebody. One was the widow at Nain. There was no faith working there, no expectation, nothing. He overruled everything out of his sheer compassion. He raises her son up. Very rarely does he do that. Very, very rarely does he do that. Okay. Very rarely does he do something where there is no faith or where there is no expectation. Very rarely. Either we expect it to happen or we do not expect it to happen. Israel, the first generation that came out of Egypt was full of promises. Yet they wandered for 40 years and died. Don't tell me they did not have faith. They had faith to leave Israel, Egypt. Don't tell me they did not have faith to cross the Red Sea. They had. But you know what? Their expectations was that we are not going to possess that land. We are just like grasshoppers and they are giant. And you will never rise above your expectations. So God asked his question. What is your expectation? No. Now we know from English, it's a nice word, English, expect, we have, we know, Apu is expecting. Apu is expecting. And you know, expect, Apu is expecting. Or, 
a woman in this this day cannot expect unless it's a result of a union that is why homosexual marriages are a misnomer it is not a marriage because out of marriage out of that union should come forth life out of homosexual marriage there is no life it is just a dead end so it cannot be a marriage because the first promise the uh, first blessing is that be fruitful right be fruitful and uh, nothing comes out of it so expectancy is birthed out of intimacy where there is no intimacy you cannot expect anything so god says when you and i get intimate with the word of god when you and i get intimate with the spirit of god something is birthed something is birthed okay something is birthed that is how expectancy comes otherwise we are just hearers of the word i am not talking about doers that's a different thing altogether here i am talking about a completely different thing you can hear thou shall and thou shall not and be doer of that word that's a different thing we are not talking about that when you are in intimate relationship with the word and the spirit behind the word it has to birth something in us it causes expectancy it causes <coughs> in other words you get pregnant with it and do you know that we have our dear sisters in the church of the first one to go will be tabitha right and if you look at a sister who is pregnant pregnancy changes everything it changes the way you walk as they go further progress they're no longer walking they're waddling okay it changes the way they eat it changes the way they talk they even look different especially their nose they do certain things they don't do certain things everything changes you know why because that sister is expecting and god says you know what when believers don't expect anything nothing changes nothing changes you know why we don't really really change because there is no expectancy that is birthed by the word and the spirit in our life we are good hearers we hear we take notes we are doctrinally sound we could probably give many pastors a lecture on doctrines fundamental primary doctrines but the word of god says they came to hear and to be healed the hearing had burst in them an expectancy for something more it didn't stop with hearing it didn't stop with hearing in john chapter 5 and verses 5 and 6 <coughs> we will look at this man there was a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years when jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been in that condition a long time he said to him do you want to be made well a simple question if you know the whole chapter we know this there all these crippled people are lying around the pool handicapped special needs whatever you want to call it okay we are not using any derogatory term special needs people handicapped people are lying over there once a year an angel comes and stirs the water the first one gets healed this man is still expecting i mean who would wait 38 years for a miracle which happens once a year and still not give up 
you need to realize this is not a good place to receive alms. This is a good place to receive a healing. You want to make money? You need to be outside where people are going to the temple, not here. This is a place where the crippled alone lie. And the Bible says there were many. And among them, Jesus inquired and found there is a man who still is expecting after 38 years. So Jesus looked at him and said, do you want to get well? He meets people who are expecting something from God. If you're not expecting anything, <laughs> what is, what does God do? He just lets the rain fall on the rain that falls on you and the rain that falls on the wicked about the same. Because you're expecting nothing. They may be expecting, but God can't answer the expectations. No. Like I said, Jesus usually turns up where people are expecting something. And we are the people who should be expecting because we have all these thousands of promises in the Bible. And as we get intimate with the word of God, the spirit of God will take certain promises and birth it in our hearts. And we are pregnant. Okay, we saw in the natural, like I said, for a woman, it's nine months. For an elephant, it's 20 months. For this man, it was 38 years. You don't give up. You don't give up. Because you do not know when it will come to pass. But you hold on. You know why? Because it's birthed in you. There's an expectancy in you. Expectancy in you. That was Simon. You know Simon? The Lord had told him, you will not die until you have seen the Lord's Christ. And he waited. Anyway, he knew he wouldn't die. There was an expectancy in his heart that I will see him with a child. I will see the Savior. Then only I will die. And he's old man. And what happens? The day Jesus arrived in the temple in his mother's arms, he was out. But the spirit who burst in him caused him to run to the temple. Caused him to run into his temple. And he had no doubts. The spirit doesn't make any. Because you know what? Your expectancy is going to be birthed today. What you expected, oh, we do not know when, how long back it was told. Today is the day of delivery. Delivery. Okay, so basically like the uh, the nurse or the, the gynec says in the labor room, Spirit of God told Simeon, push, run, push. This is the day it's going to be burst. Didn't make any mistake. There must have been many mothers with children. He went straight to the right child and he took the baby in his arms and he said, my eyes have seen. Now let your servant depart. You know what? He birthed something which he was expecting. Yet there were so many people in that temple. Hundreds maybe. We don't know that. Maybe thousands. We do not. You know what? Nobody recognized or received a revelation that the Messiah is come into his temple because they were expecting nothing. Yet they were in the temple which was built in his name. Everything that was happening in the temple was about him. So you can do your religious exercises righteously very well, faithfully, without expecting anything. That is what happened to John's father, Zachary. He got a chance, the Lord fell on him. He's got a special privilege to enter into the Holy Holies to light the internet. The angel appeared and he was scared. Why? You're doing something expecting nothing. And who do you expect to appear in the holy place? You know? 
That's that's one of the questions we always ask people. When you read your Bible, do you expect God to speak to you? Do you expect God to speak to you? Because if you don't expect, you have done your devotions. You are devoted to your devotions. But there is no expectations. So God is not able to speak to you. Okay, It is not that one day or two days. If you are expecting, one day he will speak to you. Because you know deep inside, you know what? There is a God who is living and there is a God who speaks. If this man could wait for 38 years, can't we read for 38 days? Or 30 days? Or 60 days? And saying, you know what? He will speak. He will speak. That is the key. When people go to church, when they attend services online or otherwise, you should come with expectancy. The Bible does not say they came to hear because everybody goes everywhere to hear. The Bible says they came to hear and to be healed. What differentiates the one who receives and the one who does not receive? Both have come to hear. One has come to be healed too. To hear and to heal. He's expecting something. That's why the first question I asked is this today. Eight morning or seven tonight. What, what are you expecting? What is your expectation? Faith has to move to expectation. There's a precept, there's a promise, and you receive what is called an experience. No? And our God is an experience. People think faith is not is God. No. Objective truth becomes subjective experience. It has to. Objective truth has to become subjective experience. Otherwise, you'll know what will happen. Ultimately, you will fall away. You will start thinking this is just an idea. And God is not an idea. God is a person. Okay? My wife is not an idea. She's a person. She's an idea. There is an idea about an ideal wife from Proverbs 31. And then there is my wife. You need to have an idea. You need to have a person. And then you try to match this. You are like this, you are not like this. You are like this, that's why everybody has complaints about their spouses, because you have an idea. If you had no idea, you are satisfied with anybody you marry. Right? And Christians have a very clear idea. And the person is there. So don't tell me that um, my husband is an objective truth. No, it's a subjective experience. It's a subjective experience. Okay? So God is not just an objective truth. Yes, it's an objective truth. But he's a subjective person. The problem is we come to church to hear an objective truth. We do not come to church to experience something that is subjective. Okay, That's what happened that day when Jesus, at when he was 40 days old, the first time in history, literally, God steps into the temple, built in his name. Just two people experienced God. Two people experienced God. Two people experienced God. And that's what the Bible is talking about. You know? We have to move from one to the other. One to the other. So let me ask you this question. Do you believe in prayer? The answer every believer will say, yes, I believe in prayer. The question is, do you pray? 
Do you expect God to hear you when you pray? If you know scriptures, call unto me and I will answer you. But the question, do you call? And second, do you hear? Why don't people genuinely, consistently pray? It's because the objective truth has not become a subjective experience. They come to hear, but not to be healed. To be healed. Do you believe in giving? Yes. Do you give? Sometimes, when I have. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible actually says, give and it shall be given unto you. Giving is not an objective truth. It's a subjective experience. You know why people are not able to consistently give and their life is a life of giving at all? Because it has not become. Then the fear is gone. You can never outgive God. It's impossible to outgive God. How can I outgive God? And God himself says, everything belongs to him. Second, his God is no man's debtor. You see, we are not consistently able to do the things which the Bible says is a natural outflow of a life is because the objective truth is there. We have come to hear. But we have not been healed. When you go to pray, it's not if you go to pray. When you fast, do we fast? Is fasting our lifestyle? We know it's an objective truth, but we have not experienced the subjective part of fasting. We haven't seen the victories that come through fasting. We haven't experienced that. When we experience that, fasting becomes a lifestyle. Comes a lifestyle. The objective truth becomes a subjective experience. Okay. Giving becomes a lifestyle because we know this is, this is not an idea. This is real. Let me ask you this question. We know it very well. Jesus posed the resurrection, according to Peter, in First Corinthians 15 says, Jesus appeared, we don't have to go there, appeared to over 500 disciples. Jesus had many disciples, the core 12 and the 70, many who believed in him, we call it, appeared to, after his resurrection, 40 days, appeared to over 500 disciples. The promise to all of them is the same. If we all have been promised the Holy Spirit, they were also promised the Holy Spirit. And he gave them one commission, command. Do not leave Jerusalem until you receive power from above. And the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. Let me ask you this question. On the day of Pentecost, there were only 120. Why? Because the others did not expect. Did they know? Of course. If you ask them, do you believe? They will say, yes, we believe. Of course we believe the Lord's word. You ask any Christian, do you believe the Bible? Of course I believe. It's an offering. Of course I believe the word of God. The question, do you expect anything from this? Only 120 were expecting. It didn't happen on the first day. It didn't happen on the second day. It happened only on the tenth day. No? Now, the question is, if it had happened on the hundredth day, the question is, would 120 be in there? No? You see, the rest of them did not expect it to happen. They came to hear. They heard, but they did not come to be healed. Yet, turn around and look at the world. 
doctors, especially this pandemic time, are working 24-7. They are laboring. Why? Because they expect their patients to recover. Parents labor with their children. Rising up early in the morning, not the child, the parent. Sleeping late in the night, not the child, the parent. After the child sleeps, only the parent sleeps. Rising up early in the morning to make bonvita, coffee, whatever it is. No, They labor, labor. Why do you labor so much with your children? Because you have expectations. Expectations. The engineers who build houses have an expectation. It will stand the test of time. There is nothing anybody in the world does without expectation. The farmer sows his seed expecting a harvest. Yet when people come to church, they like sit like a wart in a pickle jar, expecting nothing. They come to here. They don't expect anything. Yet this is the place where things should be expecting. Because we serve a living God. Everything that is happening, man is dependent upon his works to expect. There's no guarantee in anything. No doctor can say, I can heal all the patients. No engineer can say, everything I build will stand. No farmer will say, everything I sow will come up. No parent can say, I put everything and my child will definitely. There is no guarantee. But here is somebody who says, all the promises are yes and amen. But our issue is, when we go to the word, when we approach the word, when we hear the word, when we read the word, the question is, expectations are very little, if we have any. We are good religious scholars most of the time. And we wonder, why is things not happening? Like I said, your faith will never rise above your expectations. The question is again, what do you expect? Christians actually sit and live in the pews and just die of pneumonia, as we call it. Yet we have these exceedingly precious promises through which we partake of the very divine nature of God. Can I have faith without expectation? You need to move beyond that. Like I said, intimacy breeds expectation. And expectation breeds intimacy. Let us be practical. It's good. All the people sitting here, except two, not people that hardly anybody here are married people. One, two, three, five. We are married people. We married people know that very rarely does one union bring pregnancy. Okay, rare cases. Maybe Abraham and Hagar was one union pregnant. We don't know. Okay, usually the, the husband and the wife come together many times, which results in a pregnancy. You read the Bible one time, you are not going to expect anything. People read once, they go to church, immediately they expect something. But there is no union. There's not a continuous intimacy that is taking place. Okay. It's not a continuous intimacy. There are cases where people just walk in and walk away with their miracles because they came expecting something. Somebody told them. Yesterday was quite, I found it hilarious. We know our Otto Raju. Our Otto Raju is, we 
we know what a Raju. Raju is Raju. He is, I don't know what his religion is. We never figured out Raju yet. Okay? Raju's some neighbor, somebody is in the COVID ward somewhere, struggling, no oxygen. Okay? And then he calls up ma. He tells them, call. The madam is there. She will pray. This man's wife calls. She doesn't speak English with little bits, pieces over there. My wife speaks. He has no oxygen. So my wife, you know how she is. She prays and works out so that he gets an oxygen cylinder too. She prays. You know what? That was yesterday. Today he's out of the hospital. And they sent their pictures also. I was looking at the pictures and laughing to this morning. I was asking, she sent me this picture when I was sitting in the office. I said, who are these people? She said, these are the people. This is the lady who prayed here. I prayed with her. And then she took the phone to the ward. And uh, uh, he has not been speaking for days or together. Put the phone and she prayed over him. And she said, I can't pray in Telugu, Hindi or anything, only in English. And he at the end said, Amen. And his wife was crying, weeping, saying, this is the first word he has uttered from his mouth in all these days. Amen. A Hindu guy. And he's out home. My question is, when we pray, do we expect something to happen? Do we expect something to happen? Do we expect? No. Do we expect? Okay. That, that is the key. You look over there. In the world, people labor. They do all kinds of things because they're expecting something. People invest money in so many things because they are expecting a return. But like I said, in the world, there is no guarantee of anything. No guarantee of anything. And then there is God. Who comes and says, every promise in the Bible is yes and amen with Christ Jesus. But the promise has to be birthed in us by the Holy Spirit. The preacher can preach until the pulpit falls apart. But if the congregation is not expecting anything, nothing is going to happen. All it does is take the pieces of the pulpit and go home. Are you getting the picture? If people are not expecting anything, an expectation is not birthed in you. Like I said, your faith will never rise above your expectation. It will never rise above your expectation. Let me tell you, this is just a book with printed words. You know what it makes it powerful? All scripture is God breathed. It is a spirit that is upon the word that, that works. This is a spirit that has been breathed into that word. That is what makes it living. And Jesus said, my words are living. It's life and spirit. So you are not coming to a book like another book. You are coming to the Spirit of God. He's a person. And you cannot approach the Holy Spirit and say, I expect nothing. Wherever the Spirit of God moves, something happens. The Spirit of God is never a neutral person. Either He will baptize you with fire or otherwise He will burn the whole world down, house down with fire. That is the end. When he comes, things happen. When he goes, also things happen. It's not a neutral person. So the word of God is not neutral. 
we make it neutral because we approach the word of God without any expectations. Yes. Expectations. And that's what God is talking about. No? And it's a simple line over there. When we read it, we miss it. One just line. They came to hear and to be healed. No? That word healing has so much depth. Well, let us say they came to heal. Let us say in the church context, we come to hear the word and to be saved. We all have to be saved from so many things. Salvation is a continuous process. But we have to come with expectation because we do not know when it will happen. That's why Jesus asked that man 38 years, do you want to be made whole? What if he had quit on the 37th year? Jesus would have come, heal somebody else and God. Right? If you are expecting nothing, you receive nothing. You got a just return. When you reach heaven, Lord, I received nothing. He said, you expected nothing. But I went to church regularly. He said, I know, I watched you go to church, but I also looked in your heart, you expected nothing. Lord, I always read my Bible. I said, I saw that you were reading, but you expected nothing. Sometimes Christians have more expectation from their dog than from their Bible. Think about it, honestly. Honestly, if you meet people who have this label called Christians, and they may be genuine Christians, they have no expectations which is connected with the supernatural. The expectations are all natural. If it is natural, why do you need God? Why do you need God? You don't need God to do natural things. Okay. You need God to do the things which are impossible. And when it comes to the impossible, we see we have very little expectations. <coughs> Let me ask you this question. <coughs> you may have a doctorate in divinity, in eschatology, a PhD in eschatology. Eschatology, you know what eschatology means. It's a study of the second coming of Jesus Christ, future events. You can have all your charts. You know, when these preachers, especially Baptist preachers, they will have all the charts and they will tell you each one when the church is taken and everything they have their chart. And everybody seems to have the same chart also. They can give you a real good lecture, a scholarly discussion about pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, rapture, and post-tribulation, all kinds. Of, they know it inside out. But simple question is that, you know it all, but are you expecting him to come? Has that expectation changed your life? The Bible tells very clearly, the expectation will change your life. Okay. The expectation of his second coming will radically transform your life. So you have eschatology. You cannot have faith. You cannot have eschatology without faith. Of course you have faith. Do you believe Jesus is coming a second time? Of course I believe. Okay. Have you read the revelation 30 times? Are you prepared for his coming? Uh, uh, no. So you see, you don't have an expectation. Okay. It's like a, it's like a girl. 
Okay, that is a married God. Do you believe in pregnancy? Of course I do. Tell me about it. Nine months, first trimester is like that, second trimester is like that, third trimester is like that. Everything detail will tell you. Are you pregnant? No. Have you ever been pregnant? No. Are you expecting? No. We have knowledge. We have no expectancy. No expectancy. Because if you are expecting him to come, like he said, unannounced, at any time, it will show. It will show. That's what Paul says. Knowing then, brother, Peter says, that all these animals will be burnt away. What manner of people we should be? What manner of people? What manner of people we should be? How will we be that manner of people? We have knowledge and we have expectancy. We have expectancy. That's what the Bible says. <clears throat> they came to hear and to be healed. If we come only to hear, we can take good points. Be really smug about it. I know my Bible so well. But nothing is happening. Remember immediately after that, the next situation in that same chapter is, you don't have to go there. Same chapter is what is happening. He goes to a house. And they all gathered there to hear him. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. Only one was healed. You know why he was healed? Because they came with expectancy. They came with expectancy. That's why they broke the roof. Okay. Was the man right? No. But did he expect Jesus to heal him? Yes. He was not right. That's why Jesus said your sins are forgiven. So he came with expectancy to be healed and he received a double blessing. He got his sins forgiven and he picked up his mat and walked also. But everybody was hearing. Everybody was hearing. The funniest part is, the man who called, who got healed, was not hearing. He was brought from the place where nothing was being preached. And he couldn't get in to hear anything. So they broke the roof. When you broke the roof, preaching stops. The ones who were hearing received nothing. But the one who came with expectancy and broke the roof received. That's what I said. You have seen these things happening in church. One Gentile comes for one service, picks his miracle and walks away and never comes back. And the people who are sitting there like statues for years receive nothing. Yet they have all their notes. I've seen that especially missions. No? Especially missions. They will sit there, all Christians in Christian revival meeting is there, including along with that, some will bring a couple of their Hindu friends with their big boat too and this thing and all. They receive the miracle and they walk away. Why did they come? Because they heard your God heals. That's the only reason they came. Your God heals. And the fellow whose God he is does not believe he heals. He has no expectancy. He's not expecting anything. Okay. And that's what God is talking about. He said all scripture is God breathed. <clears throat> it's not scripture that saves. 
the spirit that was breathed into that scripture that saves. God breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. Oh, there was a rattling in that valley. Bones came together. Tendons came together. But they were not living. That's how we are. Bones are all together. Doctrine is perfect doctrine. We can put it all together. How many bones in your doctrine? 206. Absolutely right. 206 bones. You got it all right. Okay. Perfect. The tendons are there. The muscles are there. Everything. Wow. Even the nails have been manicured. Looks good. Eyebrows are shaped. Does it have life? No. Breathe. Breathe. Where does life come from? The scripture. Because God breathed. It's God breathed. God breathed. The spirit of God breathed into this. It's not men. It's men who wrote. But it's not men who wrote. It's men who wrote. Yet it's not men who wrote. It's the spirit of God in them and through them that wrote it. So when you approach the word of God, or you listen to a sermon, as Paul says in Thessalonians, though we spoke with men, you did not receive it as if it's from men, but as if it is from God. Therefore, it has the power to work in those who believe. That's what the Bible says. They're looking at it. Look at Paul. He's a bald man. Probably he's got a disability like we looked at yesterday. But when they're listening to him, they're not listening to Paul. They're listening to God. Speaking through a man's lips. And it worked. So they expected something. They expected something. Jesus could not do anything in Nazareth because the people in Nazareth expected nothing. Because they looked at the carpenter's son. What can we expect from him? So they received nothing. And the Bible says he picked up everything and he went to Capernaum and Capernaum received all the miracles. Is the person the same? Yes. Is the word the same? Yes. Is the spirit the same? Yes. In one place there is no expectation. The other place full of expectation. They expected. We will say, <coughs> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and for? My question is, it is true. But what are you expecting today? Let's leave, let us live yesterday. Let us live forever. Let's be here in today. What are you expecting today? What are you expecting today? The Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 2, by faith you have entered into this grace by which you actually stand today. And then somebody was asking me, I mean, these kids listen from other places and they said, Uncle, you said the four outworkings of, uh, of, uh, grace. Uh, what are those four outworkings? And that's two days back. Because listen to a message and said, what are the four? I just said, this is the four outworkings. Ephesians 2, 1. We are saved by grace. Romans 6, 14. We overcome sin by grace. Right? Corinthians 15. I worked more than the others. It was not me, but grace in me were. We work hard by grace. And then Second Corinthians chapter 8. We give by grace. And today we stand by grace. What is your expectation today? I will go further in my salvation. He's saying and he's saving me. I will overcome sin by grace. I shall work harder 
by grace. And I shall give more of me to the Lord by grace. I believe. I have an expectation. I have an expectation. This is what grace does. And if this is what the Bible says grace does, grace will do it in me today. Do it in me today. And that's what God is talking about. Have Have we just come to hear? Or have we come to hear and to be healed? No, to be healed. Otherwise, like I said, we'll just like pickle in a jar and move it over there. Looks good. Looks good. But we are not moving. You know why we are not moving? Because we have no expectations. It's not that we do not know scripture. And expectation is the birthplace of miracles. It is the womb where miracles are birthed. And you know what? You don't have to understand a miracle. Don't have to understand. Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. Does anybody understand how a leper can be healed? Does a leper understand how he can be healed? No. Doctors, this thing, we can still understand. What is a disease? This is this is a medicine you have to take. And you go and do on a Google, the Google will tell you what this medicine does with this and what this medicine, everything you can tell. But who understands healing? Your nose is falling off, it comes back. Your two digits are gone, it comes back. How do you understand this? So to experience a miracle, you don't need to understand it. Understand it. You just need to expect it. We keep expecting it. Because when it will happen, we don't know. But we don't give up. Why? Because the Bible is a living book where it says every promise in Christ Jesus is yes and amen. It does not say will be or maybe or shall be. It says yes. And God says very clearly, your yes should be yes and your no should be no. So when God says yes, it is yes. It's never no. When God, when you have heard in your spirit, when you are intimate with the word and the spirit, God leads you to a promise and he speaks to you and it is birth. It has become the womb for a miracle. And you don't give up. You just have to wait. It can be immediate. It can take its own time. That's not matter. It has already been conceived. Okay. Does anybody doubt Apu is going to have a baby? No. Has anybody seen the baby? No. Does anybody doubt? Nobody doubts. Does anybody think Anna is going to have a baby? Or Rennie is going to have a baby? No. Why? There is no expectancy, therefore there is no change. It's no change. With Apu, everybody says, Apu, <laughs> you're waddling. <laughs> The change, according to the expectancy, has come. Right? That's what God is talking about. The power of the Lord was present to heal. But, only one person got healed. Every time a church comes together, where two or three gather in my name, 
I am in their midst. And if God is there, His power is there. God has never gone anywhere and said, I am so sorry. We forget. I forgot my wallet at home. Even today, this lockdown did that last year. Because there was no need to carry the wallet. Okay, so now not to forget, I keep it in my phone a few notes so that I will go without the wallet. For us, money is the power to buy anything, right? No. So we can go somewhere and realize we have no power. But God go, never goes anywhere without His power. Wherever is there, His power is present. And now God is looking at it and saying, is there anybody expecting anything from me today? You have come today, Allah, I love your worship, your praise was great. And the question is, is anybody expecting anything? Expecting anything? You know, when I used to live in that country, you know, it's a monarchy. Once in a while the king visits the town or the institution. Whenever the king visits and goes, there is a feast. At the king's expense. So kings never come and go and say, Are, poor fellow came, we spent everything. Nothing like that. His coming is a celebration. That day the pig is being slaughtered and everything and every whole, if you come, you're sitting at town, the whole town eats at the king's expense. Whole town eats. It's a celebration. Why? Because the king has visited. Our king has visited us so many times and he had to go back without giving anything because people expect nothing. Expect nothing. Expect nothing. If an earthly king comes and blesses his people, what about the king of kings and the lord of lords? So the people have no expectation. You have to see, in those days in the hostel, you have to see the excitement of the boys when they know the king is coming. Khana, bada khana. Today we will bada khana. That is the term. Bada khana. It's bada khana. Excitement. Why? Because king is coming. King will come. It will be a five minute visit. Ten minute visit. Two hour lunch. Eat as much as he want to eat. You have to see the dishes that is made. He came for 10 minutes and when people are eating and eating and eating. That's why the Bible says King Jesus, how many are there? 5,000. Let's feed them. It's a royal. Let's feed them. They were all satisfied. There were 12 basket full leftovers. It's a king. It's not an ordinary man. It's not an ordinary man. The king. King feeds people like that. Nobody goes from the king's banquet saying, oh, what a conjuice, I hardly got anything. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody goes like that. You go always full and satisfied. Satisfied. Okay. So when you come to the king's table, when you come to God, when you approach the word of God, God says, do you have an expectancy? Hmm? We should not only come for correction. <laughs> correction. Okay. Those who come for correction only are basically criminals. <laughs> no? huh? Think about the father is coming back. Okay? The father is coming back and he rings the bell. 
As soon as he rings the bell, let us see, he has five children and one has done garbadu. Four of them run to the door. You know why? Because they know father has brought something. Like, Daddy, what did you bring today? One fellow is missing because he's a criminal. <laughs> Yet, he too eats of what the father brought. The father will give him two and say, you also eat. He is not deprived of the blessing. Just because there were 600,000 rebels in the desert, they did not go hungry one day. And even in the rebellion, when they asked things which God did not want to give, He still gave them until it came out of? Yeah, that is called cholesterol now. If they had checked their cholesterol level, it was very high because they were only eating meat. still gave them. We need to understand our God. <laughs> One hand he will spank us, the other hand he will bless us. Because he's a king. He's a king. No, he's a king. It's a disgrace to the king if he visits somebody and doesn't give anything. Doesn't give anything. A miracle is a supernatural event. Okay? Natural is man acting like himself. Supernatural is God acting like himself. Are you getting the picture? Natural is how the natural man acts. Supernatural is how God acts. And then God says, the natural man has met this God and God has given him all these promises and his spirit. His spirit and all these promises. And through these exceedingly great promises. Before that, the previous verse says his divine power has given us everything. Pertaining to life and godliness. Through these exceedingly great promises. So the question is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. That often we are like Mary and Martha. You know, Lazarus died. Both of them said, first he met Martha, later he met Mary. Both of them said the same thing. What did they say? Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Meaning, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Jesus said, I am the life and the destruction. And Martha said, yes, I know my son will, my brother will rise on the day of resurrection. Jesus Christ is same tomorrow. For today, nobody believed. And often it is like that. Do you believe your sins are forgiven? Yes. Jesus Christ is yesterday. Your sins are only yesterday. Do you think when Jesus comes, comes will be taken? Yes, I believe in the rapture. What about today? See, our issues are not yesterday or tomorrow. Our issues are today. And in this today, we are missing God. And the problem is, every day we are going into another today and missing God. Yet we come to hear. But we do not come to be healed. And the Bible says they came to hear and to be healed. healed. And that's the issue. So do we have any expectation today? Elijah built an altar. 
expecting fire. Right? He built an altar, expecting fire. God says, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. So you cannot offer a sacrifice unless there is an altar. The question is, do we expect fire? Why do we surrender our lives and then get up and go without our lives changing? Because we are not expecting fire. We build altars exactly like Elijah did. Twelve stones, deep trench, everything in order. But we are not expecting any fire. The problem is, if you are not expecting, what changes everything is the fire. It is not the altar that changed Israel's history. What changed history was the fire that fell. Because on the other side also there is another altar. That altar also looks really good, actually more ornate. On that also there is bull. Don't think that the bull and the wood in that side is not in order. Everything is in order there. Everything is in order here. This looks like a simple altar. That looks like a very fabulous altar. But the problem is, both altars will look the same if no fire comes. What makes the difference is not the altar. What makes the difference is not the offering. What makes the difference is the fire. And you know what? Elijah built expecting fire. It was not building. He expected fire. It was fire that changed. That changed everything. And God is saying, do we expect? Do we expect fire to fall? Fire to fall, do we expect? A few hours later, he was on his knees. On all, on his knees. What is he now expecting? He's expecting rain. He sends his servant. I see nothing. Why? Because he's expecting nothing. Go back. Did you see anything? I see nothing. Go back. Do you see anything? I see nothing. Why? Whose servant are you? The prophet's servant. The prophet is expecting rain. The servant is expecting nothing. Let me ask you this question. If the prophet's servant was expecting rain, does he have to go seven times? No. He goes one time. And he waits until the rain comes and says, Master, I see a cloud. You know why he had to be sent seven times? Because he has walked with the prophet, he has heard the prophet, he has seen the fire fall, but he has no expectation. No expectation. So he has to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Do you know why we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, meeting after meeting, revival meeting after revival meeting? You know why? Because we are expecting no rain. And still we experience rain. You know why? Because there is somebody we do not see who's on the face and crying out to God because he or she expects rain. And we receive rain because they had an expectation even when we had none. We had none. And that's what God is talking about. But on the other hand, what if everybody expects rain? What a day would I have been that, you know? All of Israel turned and they are saying, Yeah, go. I hear the sound of rain. He goes to eat. Sweet. Instead, all of Israel is standing. You know what? Fire has come. Now rain will come. And they are waiting with expectation. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. What a day it would have been. Only one man. Nobody. Nobody is expecting anything. Yet the land is scorched. 
the land is dry. There's not a drop of water either from heaven or from the ground for three and a half years. Still they expect nothing. And the prophet's servant also expects nothing. And because one man is expecting, God rises to the level of his expectation. So I said, very rarely does a man or a woman rise above his or her expectation with God. Elijah is like a woman in the labor room. Pregnant. What does he see? I hear the... What does it mean? Contractions have started. Go back. Which means push. Go back. Push. Go back. Push. Seventh time, this guy comes and says, you know what? I see a small... What does it mean? The labor room. Oh, water has breathed. Now you know the head is coming out. How many times did he have to go? Seven times. Does he even lift his head from the ground? No. Doesn't. Does not. That's what God is talking about. And that's the question we need to ask. (coughs) Expectation will cause you to push past the spit the dirt, the crowd, on all fours. That's a typical 2,000 year old road. Spit, dust, cow dung, horse dung, donkey dung, and through it all pushing. Why? She has an expectation. If I touch the hem of his robe, I will be healed. What causes her to push like that? Expectation. It's an expectation. You will have to push past your discomfort and your misunderstandings. Push past all the others who have no belief at all. If you have an expectation, you have to push past it all. And you will see your miracle. Why? Because we get so easily discouraged. Because days are full of trouble. There is no news except bad news. Okay? But we still get up and go. We still get up and preach. We still get up and pray. You know what? Somebody will be healed today. Somebody will be delivered today. Somebody will be set free today. Continuously we pray. Continuously we proclaim. Somebody will be. You know why? That's the word of God. Who knows who is watching or listening with expectation? Where he or she is listening? Can be here, it can be anywhere. Paul plants. Apollos waters. Increase is in the hands of God. Increase is not in the hands of the one who plants. Increase is not in the hand of the one who waters. Increase. So why you know the one who plants is planting with expectation? Because there is a lot of increase. The one who is watering is watering with expectation because there is a lot of increase. Who knows in whose heart the word has been planted? Who knows who is watering the seed in somebody's heart? Who knows? I don't know. Nobody knows. But God knows. Therefore, you know what? We keep pushing. We keep pushing. Because we expect God to be true to his word. Expect God to be true to his word. Some people you pray for die. Has God changed? No. Some people you pray for, 
becomes worse. Does it not mean God has changed? Or his promises has failed? Does not mean that. Oh, two people I prayed for died. I'm not going to pray for healing anymore. Who told you? Who told you this? Now, people get so discouraged in ministry. You have to see. So get easy. Discouraged. They become so discouraged like Elijah. Like John the Baptist. Turn to Isaiah. Chapter 57, verse 1. It's nothing does, something does not happen. It only means God is sovereign. And he never hands his sovereignty over to any servant. The righteous perishes and no man takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. It's one of the most powerful verses connected with death. You have, you pray for somebody. And you know, it's a good man. It's not a bad man. You pray for the man dies. God says, you know what? Lord, why did he die? You you didn't answer my prayer. God said, I answered your prayer. You know why? I have taken him away from evil. Let me ask you this question. Simple question. Should Ezekiah died when Isaiah came and told him, it's time for you to die? He should have died. He would have been saved from so much evil. That 15 years is not worth writing about. When God sent his prophetic word to Hezekiah and said, Hezekiah, set your house in order and die. Should have said, thank you Lord, set his house in order and died. Because what was God trying to do? God was trying to protect him from much evil. Okay, much evil. So, our job is to believe. Our job is to pray. Our job is to expect. So even death should be an expectancy. Paul says, my race is finished. Peter says, it's time for me to put my tabernacle off. It's the expectancy. Are they bad people? No, they're good people. They're good people. And their deaths are not normal. They're supernatural deaths. Supernatural death. Supernatural. So we need to realize in life or death, we need to believe the supernatural hand of God is working. He's supernatural. That's why Paul says to live or death, both again. When you're walking with God, you cannot say, I died and lost. No, it's not possible. It should not be that way. With God, you can never lose. You can never lose with God. This is supernatural. Because He's sovereign. So we have to keep getting up and pushing. Getting up and pushing. You know why? Because something is birthed in us. What is birthed in us is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is always increasing. It is expanding. The government is upon his shoulders. The increase of his government. That kingdom cannot be defeated. All the kingdoms of the earth can come together, but the kingdom of God will destroy them. In one hour, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But where is that kingdom now? Do we know it is in us? In us? Bible says the whole of creation is groaning. But the sons of God are not groaning. They are groaning for us to be revealed. And we should be groaning for the kingdom to be revealed. We should be in labor pains. Lord, push, Lord, push, Lord, push, Lord. Let the kingdom be manifested through me, Lord. The kingdom. 
It's not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Right? You know, when Jesus was, it's, it, this, this account is there both in Matthew and Mark. When Jesus was going to Jerusalem, he was hungry. He saw a fig tree. He looked, there was no figs. And he cursed it. <laughs> the first time Jesus curses something which he created. He cursed it. Okay? Matthew, if you read it, you will, you will, you will, you will be confused. But you have to read both Matthew and Mark, then only you will understand. Okay? Why did he curse it? Because they did not fulfill his expectations. <laughs> he expected something from the fig tree. What is that? Fruit. He expected something. See, we've as parents, we have expectations of our children. God has expectations from his creation. How much more expectations does he have from the new creation? And the new creation expectations are entirely tied to his power and to his promises. He's not even saying do it yourself. He said don't do it yourself. So the question is, God has expectations about us. Do we? And the funny thing is that, that's why I said if you read Mark, you will get confused. But if you read, uh, uh, sorry, Matthew, if you read Mark, you will realize while he was going, he cursed it. And then he went. The next day when he came, Peter said, Lord, the tree you cursed is dried up. The issue here is this. The thing that we forget is this. The tree died the minute Jesus cursed it. But you don't see it. Where did it die? From the root upwards. The root upwards, it died. You see, where it died first is under the surface. You cannot see. You cannot see. Okay? So Jesus said, you will bear fruit no more. Look the same. But you don't know it died down there. The next day when they come, the whole thing is dry. So you need to realize why we need to be expectant about things of God is that. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.3, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It is hidden. It's not seen. It's not seen. It's not seen. For it to be seen, it will be another day. It can be another day. Some things are immediate. Some things take time. But the thing is that when something is burst in you, it's already happened. When Jesus said, you die, it already died. But they didn't see it dying. It died the next day. In the same thing when Jesus is living, it's already living. But you don't see it. And you see after some time, it's just true living. When did it happen? It happened exactly the moment he said it. The day God gave you the promise, the day you were expected, it, it, it was birthed in you. It happened. It happened. You saw it in the physical realm only later. That's why we don't give up. We don't give up. We don't give up. No. Like we say in, in English, push is pray until something happens. But that something has to be birthed by God. And it comes when we get intimate with the word of God and the spirit of God. And he will birth it. We'll birth it. You know? We will say, Paul prayed three times and God said no. The question I ask you is that, has ever God told you no? Did God tell you no? No. Then why did you stop? Let him say no, stop. 
Why did you stop? Is what you're praying for against the will of God? No. Then what is your problem? Because supernatural always begins in the invisible realm. People whose eyes are on the physical realm, our expectations also will be accordingly. That's why the Bible says, keep your eyes on things that are above. Mind on things that are above. For what is visible is transitory. It is temporal. What is invisible is permanent. It's permanent. So we have to keep our eyes on the invisible, not on the visible. And this is the invisible realm. The word of God is the invisible realm. It is not talking about a visible realm. It is talking about the invisible realm. It is not talking about the world of man. It is talking about the world of God. It's talking about the kingdom of God. That's why we keep speaking to the mountain. Because it's a mountain. It's not a molehill. If it's a molehill, you don't have to speak to it. You just have to breathe and it will go. But the problems which you have is a mountain. And we have to keep on speaking to it. When it will go, we don't know. But if you believe the word of God and God has burst it in you, when you start speaking, something has happened on the other side. It's already dying. It's already dying. The problem is, after some time we stop. We stop. We stop expecting. And we stop saying. And then you know the mountain is still there. Because you stopped. It's not God stopped. We don't believe anymore. No. Certain things don't go away. Just like that. You have to keep speaking to it because it's called a mountain. But it's not by your power. It is not by your might. It is by his spirit. But the one who is speaking is Zerubbabel. And if you saw Zerubbabel when you were standing before God, how was he standing? In filthy rags. He said, take his rags and give him you. And this is a man who was a sinner, dressed in filthy rags, covered with the righteousness of Christ. And before you the mountain shall be a moat, shall be a plain. But it is done by the grace of God. But the instrument is man. The instrument is you and me. Speak to the mountain. Why were the ancients commended? Because they were looking for a city whose builder was God. How do you know they were a city? They were looking for a builder who was God? Because of the way they loved. You looked at them and said, Abraham, what happened? He's got friends among them. No, his friends among the Gentiles, some of them brought their armies when he went to fight for Lot. No, he had friends among them. Everybody's living in palaces. Why are you living? But you are a rich man. We are. You are richer than us. Why are you? So I'm looking for another city. See, your life is connected to your expectancy. What are you expecting? What are you expecting? It will show. It will show. Like I said, when a woman becomes pregnant and she moves into a second, third trimester, her walk changes. She's not walking like, she's not eating like before. She's not talking like before. She's not looking like, everything changes. Why? Because she's expecting something. And that's a question God asks. He says, the ancients were commended. Why were they commended? Because this knew all the things that were visible and invisible was created by the word of God. And accordingly they changed their life. 
And there is a life that is coming. There is a kingdom that is coming. There is a city whose builder is God. And you know what? They were expecting. And in their expectancy, they changed. Where there is no expectancy, there is no change. We don't change. Because we don't expect. And when we expect, we will change. And as the day gets nearer and nearer and nearer, which is, whether you like it or not, it's getting nearer and nearer. And, you know, the expectancy also will. And that's why Jesus says, when these things happen, it's the beginning of sorrows. For whom? Them, not us. If it's the beginning of sorrows for us, why should we lift our heads? When beginning of sorrows, everybody puts a head down. It's not for the, the world. Sorrows is for the world. Sorrows is not for the people of God. For the people of God, it is escape. Plagues was for Egypt, not for Israel. Judgment was for Egypt, not for Israel. Judgment for Egypt, deliverance for Israel. Plague for the world, escape for us. Either by death or by rapture. So God says, put up your heads. How you react to your situations will actually show you what you are expecting. Expecting. We are not discounting the severity of the pandemic. We are saying believers cannot react that way because what is burst in you is bigger than anything that you and I see or experience. What is burst in us is the kingdom of God. And the word of God says the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior for Jesus for a thousand years. Thousand years. Thousand years. And that's what God is talking about. There was one man in a parable Jesus cursed. You know who is that man? The servant who has given one talent. You know why Jesus cursed him? Because he did not meet his expectations. He says, where is the increase? Where is the increase? So you see, increase of the kingdom of God in you and me is God's expectation. God expects. I give you my word. I give you my spirit. Where is the increase? Because wherever the spirit goes, he brings increase. He brings increase. And God expects something from us. And God says, where is the increase? Let me ask you this question. There were ten wise virgins. Oh no, ten virgins. Five were wise. Five were foolish. Why were the five foolish? They had no expectation. They were all virgins. They all had lamps. But the one that did not have oil in the lamp was the one who did not have an expectation that is coming. Because oil is the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said we continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they did not have that expectation. But they were all good girls. They were all good churches. They were all good people. But five had expectation. Because though all ten fell asleep, when they heard the knock, the shout, five had oil. Because they were prepared. They were expecting. Let me ask this question. Why don't we fight sin? Why don't we fight the powers of darkness? 
Why don't we occupy till he comes? Because we have no expectation. He will come. Soon. That's the only thing which God left open-ended. The hour and the day he will come. From first century till today, nobody knows. Why did he leave it like that? To see who is expectant. Who is expecting me? Who is really expecting? Because you are expecting, you will live that way. You will be willing to overcome sin. Why? Because if he's coming, I want to be presented as a pure virgin. If he's coming, then I want to overcome powers of darkness. Why? Because he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church won't go with a whimper. Every time I pray, the church will go in triumph. The church cannot be. The expecting church cannot be defeated by the powers of darkness. Impossible. Cannot be. Like I said, they are more afraid of us than we are of them. It's not possible. The church that is expecting cannot be defeated. And the Bible word of God says, says <clears throat> Occupy till I come. Yet we are not sitting in an armchair or in a hammock and saying, Yes, I am waiting to go. God says, No, I said, Occupy till I come. You don't know when I am coming. You don't know when I am coming. You know, this all is burst out of an expectancy. That is why this is, we have been begotten to a living hope. A living hope. It's a living expectancy. So we look at all these things happen. We are not worried. Will I die? Gain. Will I not die? Gain. Because the kingdom cannot be defeated. Cannot be defeated. So the question is that when you are fighting powers of darkness, <clears throat> what is the church's expectation? Heaven is his throne and earth is his full. He is the fullness of the body. So if we are the body and he is the head, what does the feet do? That's why God says, the God of peace shall trample Satan under your feet, not under Christ's feet. He's the head. We are the body. The devil has only one rightful place in our life. It is under our feet. Why? Because he's on the throne and earth is his footstool. And the church should have dominion over powers of darkness. You have to, before you can have dominion, you should expect that you should, you, you can have dominion. Before you can overcome sin, you should have an expectation in your heart that I can overcome sin. Because if you have no expectation, you're not going to rise to that. Because you will only rise to the level of your expectation. It doesn't matter how many times you fall, you will still get up if you expect. At the end of the fight, you will be like the Rocky movie. Bilbo, right? At the end of the day, you put his hand up over there, you don't know who the winner is. Because Silver's talent looks more bloody than the fellow who is down. But the fact is, this is the winner. Because he refuses to give up. Refuses to give up. Because you know why? He has an expectancy. I am a winner. God has already spoken over us. In all these things, you are more than a conqueror. So the promise is there. Out of the promise is burst an expectancy. You know what? I will overcome sin. I will. I will overcome powers of darkness. I will overcome the world. Out of that expectancy you rise. And why should I have to win all these things? Because he's coming. I have a greater expectancy. When he comes in the cloud, I shall be caught up with him. And I will not be caught up as a loser. I'll be caught up as a winner. As a winner. This is how hope is burst. 
is how hope is birthed. That's why we are not just coming to hear. We are coming to hear and to be healed. We are coming to hear and to be saved. We are coming to hear and to be delivered. We are coming to hear and to be set free. We are coming to hear and to be empowered. Because it all happens. Otherwise, hearing doesn't change. It is the second part that changes everything. John chapter 10, verse 37. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe in me. If I do not do the works of the Father, do not believe You know what Jesus is talking about? He put his entire doctrine with his works. Put it together. He said, you can leave my church. You can leave my church and go find another church. That's exactly what he's saying. Now the question is that we do we believe? When we pray, do we believe? When we cast out demons, do we believe? When we lay hands upon the sick, we do we believe? Why do we still do these things? Because we believe. And it happens. It's not in our hands, it's in his hands. But we believe. So we have never stopped praying for the sick. We never stopped laying hands on them. We never cast out demons. We continue to believe. Why? Because he says, if we do not, if we do not do the works of God, it's the same thing he's telling us too. And we also stand up and say, if you don't do the works of the Father, don't believe. This is not doctrine. This is not doctrine. This is life. The kingdom of God is life. The kingdom of God is a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. It is life. That is why I said in a time like this, the church cannot be quiet. The world does not believe. Nowhere in the world does not believe. Every state has given one thing. You know what? What they have said? No religious meetings. Why? Because they do not believe in the very religion they all go to. Otherwise, every government would say that every activity is stopped. But religious gatherings allowed. Why? We believe in our God. But do you know what they're saying? We do not believe in God. And we say, you know what? We have having no religious gatherings. We two or three will gather. We will live stream. You know why? Because we believe our God works. Our God works. We believe. We believe. We believe. That is one thing. You know why? The problem is not with the governments. The problem is with religions. Our churches all around the world became places where people came to hear. They did not come to be healed. We became hearing places, not healing houses. We came to hear and not to be saved. We came to hear and not to be delivered. We came to hear and not to be set free. We did not do the works of the Father. Jesus says, if I do not do the works of the Father, you don't have to believe in my doctrine. Yet he says, if by the finger of my this thing, I cast out demons, the kingdom of God has come. Come upon you. Come upon you. That's what he's talking about. So he will tell them, go. John sends the disciples, are you the one? Go. Tell them what you have seen and heard. Go tell them what you have heard and seen. Do you have heard and seen? Something is seen because the kingdom of God is not an idea. It is not an idea. It is a living reality. A changed life. The power of a changed life. And it doesn't stop over there. This is power of a supernatural life. 
Otherwise, you know what? In head, we believe in miracles, but in practice, we are secessionists. We are secessionists. All Baptists, secessionists. So what happens when pandemic comes? When people die left, right and center, what do you do? What is the promise you stand on? What is the promise you stand on? Well, the promise is, every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus, but you decided certain promise. You became a Sadducee. So you call yourself a Baptist or Lutheran or whatever. You don't believe. You don't believe. You know? And where there is no expectation, you are not going to rise above it. Like I said, we have expectations for almost Anything in the world. <laughs> Expectations for anything in this world. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we were all classroom teachers, no? All of us. What do you expect to be when you grow up? Oh, sir, I want to be this. What do you want? You want, you want. Then okay, write an essay what you want to be. Come to the church and ask, what is your expectation? What do you expect from God? Is it like children sucking their thumbs? You mean you've been sitting in the church for so many years and you have no expectations from God? Honestly, ask yourself, what is your expectation? Think for a minute. What is your expectation from God? And he is this king of kings and the lord of lords. You've got so many expectations in the world that you have no expectations in the kingdom. What is your expectation? Like I said, you can never rise above your expectation. The church that was persecuted in Jerusalem had greater expectation. Lord, stretch forth your hand with healings and signs and wonders in the name of your holy son, Jesus. And God filled them again with the Holy Spirit and boldness and they went out. They went out. What were they facing? A calamity. What is their response? Fill us even more. Our expectation level, you know what God? We are going to raise it up even more because we know you will meet it. You, there is no shortage in your kingdom. Absolutely no shortage. No shortage. And that's where we have to come to. The kingdom of God is increasing with or without us. And if it increases with us, we are blessed. Or if he increases without us, that day he will say unprofitable servant. Unprofitable servant. Meaning God expects profit. I put an investment in you. Where is my returns? Where is my returns? Where is my increase? So we do not believe. We have to believe. So the simple question is this. Do we believe in the things of God? Do we believe in prayer? If so, why don't we pray? And our prayer life should be increasing. Not decreasing. We believe. Do we believe in healing? We should be praying more for healing now than before. Do we believe in the casting of demons? Then why don't we cast? Are we afraid? Or he's afraid of us or we are afraid of him? As we close. The thief comes to, what does he come to do first? The first thing he steals is your expectation. First thing he steals is your expectation. If he has stolen your expectation, he has no issue how many meetings you attend because he knows you are not going to do anything in his name. He just takes it away. 
just expectation is gone. You don't expect that if you pray, somebody will be healed. That is why you don't pray. You don't expect if you lay hands upon the sick, somebody will be healed. You don't believe. You don't expect if you say in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I bind you, get out, demons will flee. That's why you don't do that. So expectation is gone. You don't expect. Yet God did not say this is special for apostles, prophets. He didn't say this sign shall follow those who believe. Anybody, everybody. Actually God gets it much more glory when simple people do it than the apostle does it. Paul had to be let down in a basket. Peter was transported by the Spirit. But Philip was transported by the Spirit. Paul had to escape. They put him in a basket. What a shame. Apostle going down in a basket. Evangelist going in the air with the Spirit. God says, I am not a respecter of persons. You will think, oh, these things are only said for apostle. Who said? God said, who said? I didn't say you made it to escape. It's your escape hatch. So I am not responsible. These things only when it happens when pastor does it. God said, who said? Who said? Who said? God did not say it. God never said it. We make all these nice nice excuses so we can escape. But you know in the process we are becoming unprofitable. And we have to be profitable. Because what he has given us is not like money or gold or silver from which all we expect returns. People buy gold. Why? Because the price keeps on going. They are not buying, keeping buying gold to keep their head on it. They are buying gold because they know its price keeps on going up. It's an investment. You buy it 10 years ago, the price of gold now and the price of gold, there is just, it's like huge investment. But God says, I put my spirit in you. Do you know what I have given you? Do you know what I have given you? He says, I gave you my spirit. What did you do with my spirit? What did you do with my spirit? So this morning as we close, let's look to the Lord. Let us pray. And raise your level of expectation according to the promises of God. According to not carnal worldly expectations. We are talking about genuine divine expectations because God is a father. And he has great expectations from his children. Great expectations from his children. And I'm t- telling you, the more simple you are, the more, uh, let us say, uneducated you are, the greater glory God gets. Greater glory. That's why God's church is full of simple people. Greater glory. Greater glory he gets. Yeah? Let's pray. Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, even now as we pray, and as I pray, Father, oh, people, Expectation will rise, O Lord. For it is the very womb where miracles are birthed, O Lord. O Father. The leper came down when he came down from the mountain, fell on his face and said, Lord, if you are willing. He never doubted your power. He never doubted your power. We don't doubt your power. I don't doubt your power. You are able to do anything and everything. The dead can be resurrected. The sick is healed. The lepers are cleansed. That's what you told your disciples. Go. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. And you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And I pray, Father, now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the expectancy level of your people will rise, O Lord. That people will start believing what you have said. That God is not a man that he should lie. 
Some of the things they have may have been handling it for years and it's like a big mountain. Yet we speak to those mountains in the name of Jesus. And we speak that you shall become a plain before us. And it is not by our might, nor it is by our power. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Whether it is sickness in the body, a situation in a family or life or father, this mountain shall be moved in Jesus' name, O Lord. If it is an ailment, Lord, we speak to it in the name of Jesus. I curse cancer in the name of Jesus. Let it be, let it be dried up, burned up from the roots of Master. I can curse, O Lord, what is COVID infected, Lord, who is infected listening. I curse it in the name of Jesus. Jesus, oh Lord, let it be dried up from the roots, O oh Lord. Clots in the heart, clots in the brain, clots in the lungs. I curse you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Let it be dissolved, let it be demolished in the name of Jesus, oh Lord. You have given us power over the, all the power of the enemy. I bind the powers of darkness, I powers of infirmity in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I bind you and I command you to leave the house of God, the people of God in the name of Jesus. And I speak healing and I speak wholeness in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord. And I speak peace. I speak peace. It's irrelevant what we are going through. You have promised us a peace and it is not the way the world. And I speak that, Lord. It is our inheritance. We will not allow the devil to steal our peace. We will not allow him to steal our peace. We receive it and we exercise it in Jesus' name, O oh Lord. We will go about doing the things we, you have called us to do because we know you are in absolute control, O oh Father. Absolute. Those who are praying will continue praying and they will pray even more, O oh Lord. They will pray because we know our God answers prayers. Those who fast will continue fasting, O oh Father, because they know God is a God who will help fasting to speak to us clearly. We will hear even more clearly. We will afflict our soul, O oh Master. We will put to death the desires of the flesh, O oh Lord, because we believe it works, O oh Lord. We keep on giving because, Father, we are called us to be givers and there is no shortage of supply in heaven. It will keep on flowing from heaven into our lives to give it over, Lord, because when we finish our race on the earth, we should be known as givers that we give everything and we could give so much because we believed give and it shall be given unto you Lord that God could trust us to be good stewards to keep on giving oh Lord and oh Father we do these things because we believe we are raising our expectation levels during this season Lord yes as the states gets locked down you cannot be locked down the anointing cannot be locked down oh Master Oh, Father, let your children who are listening are not come together only to hear, but to be healed. And I speak healing in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. They did not tune in just to hear, but to be delivered. And I speak deliverance in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. They did not come just to hear, but they came to be filled. And I pray for a filling and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. Let it be according to their expectations, O oh Lord. Let there be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, O oh Master. Oh, Father, they did not just come to hear, but they came to be delivered, O oh Lord. And I speak deliverance in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, O oh Father. Everything that binds you, everything that is of the enemy, I command the enemy, loosen God's children in the name of Jesus. O oh Father, we did not just come to hear. We came to hear and to be healed, O oh Master. 
And I pray this faith will arise in everyone, Lord. Even in their own personal moments, when they read the word, they will not just come to read. They will come to hear. They will not just come to hear. They will come to be healed, O oh Lord. Because you are a living God. You are a living God. You are a living God. And we have come to the living God, O oh Master, even today. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. Wherever your children are listening, Father. Oh, let faith be birthed. Let expectation be birthed. And they will see this supernatural becoming natural in their lives, O oh Lord. Because that is the life to which you have called us. Through these exceedingly precious promises, we shall partake of your divine nature and we shall escape this corruption that is in this world, O oh Lord. We'll escape this world because your nature, your life always overcomes this world, Father. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless your people in your name and I speak peace and rest into their hearts and their minds, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.